Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. I can get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll. And on with the show. Ding now. Hey, this is Brian Courtney with Short Bus Debate Club. The first voice that you heard that was kind of loud and mumbled was Darren. Oh, you're recording that already? Yeah. You want me to stop it? No, no, no. I can make fun of myself. I'm pretty good at that most of the time. Um, so this this episode is kind of the lighter side of, I don't know what you want to call it, censorship, privacy, Bill of Rights, all of them. First Amendment, yeah. I mean, because, again... Privacy is not guaranteed anywhere within the Bill of Rights, but several judges have said, you know, this amendment, that amendment, all kind of talk about it. And some of them even go past the Bill of Rights, and what was it? It was like Amendment 14 or something. Equal protection under the law stuff? That's what That's what the 14th Amendment was. Equal yeah, protection clause? Yeah. No, no, it is equal protection. Okay. But anyway, so, I mean... Privacy is not guaranteed in the Constitution, but it is there. And me personally, I think it, it is the privacy issue, but I don't like them taking away the rights that we were supposed to have been guaranteed. So we're talking movies, books, I don't know, fucking television shows, podcasts. Um, just quickly, uh, just as, as, as one book, uh, I, I, you know, I, I paid a lot of, we talked a lot about what, what it was that uh, Net, Netflix had been doing. Um, we didn't talk a ton about what was going on in Florida, but I do feel like a, a supreme dick for saying that, uh, the book was about Rod Carew, who's a fucking white guy, right? And played for the Milwaukee Brewers when I was actually trying to come up with the book that was by, uh, that was about Roberto Clemente, uh, who, as Brian mentioned when we were trying to think of the guy's name, um, was uh, Puerto Rican. Well, for that matter, I feel bad because I said Jose Canseco, and I think he's <laughs> Venezuelan. But either way. I oh, mean, no, he's Cuban. Sorry, my bad. So. Eh. But either way. Six the, of one, half a dozen of another. I think the book that they were banning was, I think, called uh, Pride of the Pittsburgh Pirates. So he was a pirate, like I said, Roberto Clemente. Sorry, dude. I, I, I have a horrible memory. So at least when I fuck up like that, I'll come back and talk about it. Um, and uh, another thing that I fucked up on was the Roberto, I mean, the uh, uh, Diego Rivera stuff. Um, but we'll talk about that when, uh, when I'll, I'll, I'll talk about Cradle Rock later a little bit, which is a a wonderful film but i'd like to start a little bit lighter that's a, that's a much heavier film and there's a lot of a lot of things that are going on inside of that one and i'm not quite awake enough to to go on a uh, a diatribe about what was going on in 1930 35 34 33 politics in the united states that led to uh, the wpa and you know blah 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 so well so you and i on i think a couple of episodes have talked about they live right and they live as the the sunglasses <laughs> movie well earlier today i watched a movie called anon the what anon, anon. oh I, i've seen anon yeah 
So it's really kind of cool, but it's it's, an, it's the Netflix film, right? Yeah, uh-huh. it's it's way in the future. Um, I Who, think everybody who's the prota- who's the main protagonist. So it's Clive Owen, it is Clive Owen and okay. Amanda S- uh, Seyfried, mm-hmm. and those are the only two I know. It's been a minute since I watched it. I'm, there's like weird. Is there reality issues or? Well, it's really fucking cool. So they've like jacked. Everybody's got basically. I don't know. In tech terms, I would say they've got an overlay. So they can see as they're walking down the street, like if I was walking down the street and I saw you, it would say Darren Jolly, and it would say your age and where you fucking worked. And if I looked over at the plant on the road, it would tell me what the fucking plant was. And if I looked at something in a store window, it would tell me what it was. And so everybody's got this this vision where they can see all of this but stuff. it's inside their head it's yeah not yeah yeah, yeah. Not, like like with the minority, minority report it's on the outside but in this one it's okay so they're hacking into or this person is hacking in and to people's feeds or something destroying certain views like there was this Ooh. one dude who was a i think he was a stockbroker um he was an addict though and he ended up going back to drugs and so he hired her to erase that part so he could quit doing drugs again was that his hope? no so that he wouldn't get caught at doing the job because your job can also look into your tap feed into your, your so your feed this, is there is no privacy then right yeah right no privacy at all no anonymity at all so Clive Owen keeps asking her, why, why do you do this? Why do you do this? And initially he's doing it because he's a cop and he's trying to bust her because they think she's been killing the people that she's been doing the jobs for. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they catch the real killer. And at the end, you know, she says, hey, look at me. When they first met, she said, don't look at me which was kind of funny. But he asked her the question again, why do you do it? And she said, because I don't want to be seen. And he said, well, everybody's got secrets. What's yours? And she said, why does there have to be one? I just don't want you guys seeing my shit. Yeah. And that's kind of the way I feel. I'm not, I'm not doing anything wrong, but I don't want them looking in through my eyes or in my house or whatever, whatever the case is. Um, So I thought it was a really cool movie. And again, privacy, you know, not guaranteed, but should be maybe. Um, But it it was kind of, it's so post though, you know, at that point in time, because there really is no concept of privacy. I mean, how, how would you, so like, like say for instance like so she might have these spaces where she identifies herself as being isolated but how do you know that i mean it's the it's the whole you know the day the cartesian thing like how do you know somebody else hasn't put a feed in where they're well yeah, she uh-huh. she did that too uh-huh. like she fucked with him because he was getting close to busting her and she said i warned you mm-hmm. and now all of the shit that he was seeing was bullshit like she lit his building on fire but it wasn't really on fire 
She had him being attacked by dogs, and somebody was kicking the shit out of him. I mean, she was just fucking with him all the time, and he went to his friend, or I guess it was his superior, but friend. Um, and the, the friend said, well, maybe you're just seeing shit. And he said, yes, I'm seeing shit. She's putting it in my yeah. head. It's like what the strangers were doing in Dark City where they would literally go and put new memories and then yes. you'd have a totally different life. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was hesitant. I mean, I flipped by that fucker probably I never finished 50 it. fucking times. I, I watched half of it and then I got sidetracked. I, I'm surprised because it was pretty... I mean, I like the beginning concepts, but sometimes I get so... Like uh, the idea of, you, you know, demonstrating... Uh, your relative inability to prevent, you know, like to where the privacy thing is almost like, uh, like we can want to not, to have privacy, but it like it's very it's hard to imagine a world anymore, you know. I mean, well, especially since I mean the CIA put a fucking virus on all Samsung TVs to yeah. fucking turn it on mm-hmm. hot hot mic in the room, mm-hmm. um, Comcast. Well, and that's like, is it literally like a? Like a like a, a camera like where they can no no, just, no 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 it's, it's just audio it's just audio because same they, th- same things they can do on the phones and all that kind yeah. of stuff yeah um but a phone they can do cameras now yeah but um they also put viruses on all HP computers for mm-hmm. a while mm-hmm. I mean we had to go through and fucking extract that shit from a bunch of people's computers when I was working a bit defender so <clears throat> I mean they're they're in bed with corporate america and they're they're doing this shit so yeah you're right there there really isn't any privacy but there are certain things you can do you know when you walk away from your computer make sure you turn the motherfucker off, off. yeah um C- citizen four right like yeah. and i i really like that movie for for a number of different reasons of course it's a documentary right but uh um, the lady who did the uh, uh, the production, the direction, she's she's good at stuff like that. Um, at the beginning of Citizen Four, she's she said I made made this movie on uh, you know what what was going on in Iraq, and then I made this movie on you know what happened in this other uh, Abu Ghraib. You know, she says every time I come or go from from the United States, I'm always detained. You know, they always ask me a bunch of fucking questions now. Um, so the Citizen Four was the uh, the the third one in this series. Of she things. had to go over to Russia for it. I'm assuming. Well, she she so Hong Kong is where she spent. She the, the most of the things happen in Hong Kong in this one. So because okay. it's it's the moment where they meet him before anybody knows who he is, right? Okay. So it's, it's very authentic. It's I mean it's because it is the documentary where um, he had contacted her. Uh, and she contacted Glenn Greenwald because Snowden asked him to contact Glenn Greenwald and then uh, two other um, people that worked for The Guardian at that time. Glenn left The, Green, left the Guardian pretty quickly because cause he's smart, because he knew that if he stayed underneath the umbrella of a corporate media position that he was going to keep getting his ability to be a good journalist encroached on himself. So he, he made enough money to do this and that when Snowden stuff happened where he could kind of like get out. But... Uh, the reason why I, I wanted to bring up the Citizen Four thing was at the beginning. So he, he created the conditions for them all to meet in Hong Kong. Uh, he told them, you know, I'm going to be having a Rubik's Cube. So, you know, just walk up to me and ask me, you know, where the food, you know, where the food place to get food is. Um, and then I'll say, I'll show you real quick. And then, you know, we go from there, you know, and then everything's off the digitally off the grid. So they go and they meet in his hotel room at the beginning and 
for a person who's intelligent as intelligent as he is with regards to uh, these different mechanisms um i think he's so anxious at the beginning the three so she's in the room with him and then the journalists are in the room with him uh glenn and the british guy are primarily glenn's doing most of the because he's got vision you know the ask him you know what do you want to do how do you want to do it how are you know can can we start using this stuff and writing immediately blah, blah 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 so they talk in the room and they got phones on them you know and uh the next time they come up um he says i don't know why i didn't tell you guys this in the first place but Get your phones he said well he said first of all um i need to disconnect this because all phones that you have inside of a hotel like this uh, because of the the way that they function that he said straight he said they can be hot mic'd you know um and he said uh he he showed them uh, how to change they, that they he literally wanted them to change the the sim cards that were inside of them that when they were together they were to put them all in an ice box you know to in a place where they all all signals would be blocked be, yeah but so i mean he, down whatever yeah and he he literally says yeah he, he like glenn had a he he was showing them so when you when you use your um uh, your your uh, however your your storing mechanism that you're storing the information yeah when you're doing that you you have to um, make it so that nobody can get access to it you have to you know and he showed him what his uh, password was and it was it was eight uh, digits and Stone's like he's like well, you understand that they they can figure that out in four minutes you know whether you're using letters and numbers at the same time or not you know and he says you need uh, whatever you know i mean no i i get it uh -huh. i understand i mean depending on caps and whatever yeah. there's and how much memory maybe but yeah so it's close they, they no matter what the people that would want access to that they'd have access to pretty good breaking yeah, positions the, the right white house yeah so the kremlin he, he says you need to start doing it at this level you know where you're making it you know and he says otherwise he says because it's a, it's an asymptote it literally goes up like an exponential line graph to where the more that you add to it the more difficult it, it becomes because you you know variable times variable times variable times variable but um it's just um odd how uh people at this moment in time either just are disinterested with the fact that these are uh, very clear um things that are sort of like a, a part of our everyday life you know as we, as we sit here i mean we we know i mean we're we're talking we're making a fucking uh, uh we're downloading this on the computer for people to listen to so there's nothing really to hide but everything around us is something that you can you could you can you can record off of so people either are indifferent to the fact that it's happening or like you said um they say i don't have anything to hide fucking jackasses well and i think a lot of them are just kind of clueless too i mean dude so you know i've i've worked in cybersecurity for a long time i'm trying to find the exact address and, and i'll i'll give it at the end and i'll post it in on the, the on the comments or the downloads yeah, okay but there's a website and it shows you like approximately how much time it would take somebody using brute force techniques to break a fucking password mm -hmm. and i mean eight digits i don't know how i'll i'll keep fucking around with it because i've got to find it i know i posted it on linkedin a long time ago mm -hmm. and i've got to find it somewhere in my threads but um i mean just putting a character in there you know the ampersand or whatever the what an ampersand the and sign that's the correct way to to say that 
sorry, the and sign or a pound sign. <laughs> or a star. Why don't you say it right next time? Why don't you say, if you're going to use the ampersand as one of the strokes in your password. Let me see. I, my nose wasn't quite high enough as I was trying to demonstrate that I am so much higher and above everyone in the world. I didn't realize that fucking ampersand was pedantic, dude. Sorry, pedantic. It's the opposite of pedantic. I am... <laughs> no, I, that's right. I'm. I'm. What? What? What was? Uh, when? When originally I was talking to Janae about doing something like that. Oh yeah, because pedantic is. But isn't pedantic just like supposed to be base? It's the, it's supposed to be highfalutin. Now the pedant and the pleb. That's why, because she was making fun of herself as being the snotty one and me being the you know right. the working class. Yeah, you you would be the pleb. Yeah, yeah, no, no, just say it. I mean, come on. I mean, you're the one that used the ampersand, you know? <laughs> so, so I was just now fucking around, but you really do. I know you know what an asterisk is, but you don't call it the star, do you? It's not an asterisk. you got to say it right at least. It's an asterisk. Oh, sorry. See? Asterisk. See? I can, I can do it too. It's an asterisk. <laughs> You sh- don't you know what um, the fuck is wrong I with you? I gotta find this fucking post. You um, fucking so, pleb. <laughs> dude, I'm more of a pleb than you are. I don't know. I think that if the people listen to us, maybe that's what it, it will. We'll post a. Uh, uh, you said we can post a. What do you call them? Uh, where people can vote. Well, who's more well, we of a can, pleb? We can only do it on Spotify. On now. Spotify, we ask them who's more of a pleb, Brian or Darren. You know, we'll see. We'll see what they think. You know. Yeah, that's. Or, uh, or that we're both just idiotic working class motherfuckers. A poll. That was the word. See, I can't even. I can't even come up with a four letter word. You know. I mean, you know, I'm. I. I I'm. I'm not the pedant. I am the pleb. What the fuck, Chuck? What do you? My, my LinkedIn's not working right. Um. Okay. So, you mentioned Edward Snowden. Um. And we were both kind of talking about. Well, I don't know where to go. So I I did watch another movie earlier. That I think takes um. Censorship to an entirely new realm and it's kind of what the hacker was doing in anon which by the way this is pedantic too but i wish they would have put a fucking dot at the end of anon because i'm pretty sure they were using the anonymous yeah Mm -hmm. but the word anon actually means at a later time so since they didn't put a period there, really? it looks like a word can, and can, not can an you, abbreviation. Can you give me a sentence where that's been used? I, I can give you one. Anon, goodness, anon. <laughs> that's, it's right out of Romeo and Juliet where she's getting <laughs> fucked and she doesn't want the nurse to walk in on her. Anon, goodness, anon. Yeah, you're right. Maybe they should have put the period on there. Although maybe they were trying to like play on the concept of like this is like in, in the, the future, future. Yeah. yeah and maybe so i suppose anything's possible i mean that's the beauty of art right is once it gets out of the artist's hands then you're living in the state of uh, pure ambiguity so what was the other what was the- well the other movie that i watched and i had already seen it but um the other movie was um 
The Giver. No, I've I've only watched that once. That's got uh, what's his name in it? The dude, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, what's his name? Now that you said the dude, Jeff uh, Daniels. Jeff Dan, no. Bridges. Bridges. That's what I said. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Daniels is uh, the newsroom guy. So they took it to a whole new level and basically just fucking erased everybody's memory. Um, so all of these people lived in these little communities. There was like three different communities, A, B, and C, and they had wiped everybody's memory. Somehow they put up this weird fucking border that kept memories out. So if you went outside of the border, then memories would return? Is that what the... No, only if the um, one of two people went out. The kid that Jeff Bridges was teaching or the kid himself went outside of the border, then all the memories would flood back into the communities. So that's what ended up happening. Was that just like some sort of like socio-symbolic thing that they were using, or did they have something that was like... Well, the idea was they got rid of all of the memories because then they drugged them and got rid of all of the emotions. So it was kind of, a lot of it reminded me of Brave New World yeah, by Huxley. Yeah, that's what I was, I mean, it, it sounds like. Because um, they got rid of all emotions. What do they call the drug? The drugs. What's the drug? Soma. Soma, that's right. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it reminded me of that, but it was. It was a pretty good movie. They did have rules for the community. Um, the first rule, which I kind of dig, was use precise language. The other ones I don't really care about. It was take your fucking drugs every day, um, wear the appropriate clothes. Um, and then the last one was don't lie. So I liked rule one and rule five. The other two or three I, I wasn't that big a fan of but it was a pretty good movie and it definitely takes that whole okay so but when i asked the question about whether or not it was is it was it literally supposed to mean so what was the physical capability to where if these two people went beyond this space that the memories would flood back in what is it that's in their heads that prevents those memories from i mean is it a technological thing no, so there's there's this job within the community called the receiver uh-huh so at that point jeff bridges the dude the big lebowski was the receiver uh -huh. which meant that he received all memories he could read books oh, that's right and he, he but he was way music. away from he was way away and he from lived kind of outside of the community well, this kid, when he came of age, he began training to be the, next the new Okay. Where he receiver, could have the memories. Receiver yeah. of memory. Uh -huh. um, so at that point, they kind of switched, and Jeff told him, I am now the giver. So he's and given he him. The, so he's given him all the memories. Mm -hmm. So he taught him all about war and loss and love and joy and but it's all in the abstract it's all through the lens of like history and he's not like getting, he's not talking about sex and getting blowjobs right no but what they would do is they would like grab each other's arms mm -hmm. and then it would make that kid feel like he was in whatever scene it was supposed to be like so he was 
when he first started telling him about the pain that was in the world, he grabbed his arms and there were these big game hunters and that one you heard one of them say oh well that's like 200 or 2500 dollars worth of ivory or 250,000 something large amount of ivory because mm-hmm. it was a big fucking elephant um really so he was right there with those big game hunters and then they shot all of these elephants um so that was the first part of pain that he felt so he the, the the receiver doesn't just like have books and bear these he he holds these he literally holds these memories inside of his mind Correct. so there is there is something but they don't explain with the technology or how it is that it happens it's just one of those things that happens right so yeah that's it's got to be something symbolic like so, so symbolic then or something. I, got, I gotta go back and rewatch it maybe no i don't know i don't know how it works i don't know you know what exactly they were doing but all i know is that because i mean dude the world the world now sucks Mm -hmm. so apparently it got worse there were lots of wars there were people starving because of famine lack of water you know arable land all of this stuff climate change and so they decided to build these communities they were actually killing people. So they, when the old people would come up, they'd say, oh, well, old people are going to, you know, this other place. Silent Green is old people. And Silent Green is old people. But if babies were born and they didn't fit the right weight, the right height, the way that oh, they they'd were... they'd kill them. They'd kill them. Uh-huh. But they called it some other bullshit. I can't remember what it was. Taking it to... The forever or the ever, some some bullshit to make them feel better about. They didn't say this is the word euthanasia, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so, like I said, they took it to an entirely different fucking. But they totally controlled everything inside these communities, and the vast, like you said, the vast majority of people. It's kind of like divergent in the sense that everybody just kind of does their thing, um, but like you don't want people to have the capability of uh, d- sort of like wandering into spaces where curiosity exists. Well, they made sure of all of that. They assigned certain personalities to certain jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, you weren't allowed to ask questions. If you asked questions, it was considered rude, and you weren't allowed to be rude. Um, yeah, that it never worked for you. No. Yeah, because no. you would have enjoyed being rude. <laughs> or at least asking questions. Yeah, like I said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they had to do all of these things, and, and they, they just made sure to separate everybody, even though they called themselves one group. But there was no, no black, no white. There were no moms and dads. Like one of the jobs within each community was birth mothers. And so these women would be, I'm assuming, artificially inseminated. And they just have babies just over and over and over and again. Them. I don't know. Yeah, they'd have the babies. And then once those babies came to whatever stage in their life, they would assign them to a family unit. And 
they would that family unit lives in a dwelling it wasn't a home it was a dwelling um but it was just the entire idea was because you know emotions can get out of hand and and cause resentment and anger and and then that ends up making things worse because people fight and so the giver slash receiver was the person that maintained the burden of that for the entire community that's yeah and i don't know again how the technology worked as far as how that border system worked with the uh i'm gonna have to watch that stupid movie again it's been a long time so what 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 was the what was the resolution how did it play out um so this kid his dad well his father figure yeah. whatever of the family unit at the uh, dwelling yeah worked in this the basically where all of the babies were born and and taken care of until they came of the right age and that was also where they killed all of the babies um his dad noticed that this one baby was not growing the way he was supposed to he wasn't he was crying all the time so he looked at his name, which he wasn't supposed to do, or he gave him a name, one or the other, and he took him home. And so the kid got attached to this baby, and then he found out that they were about to kill the baby. So he said, fuck this, I'm out of here. I was planning on leaving anyway to try to cross the border. Um, but now I've got to do it in order to save the baby. The baby, baby. yeah. So he grabbed the baby and ran, and then... There was a chase scene and fucking futuristic motorcycles and drones and whatever. Did he escape? Yeah, and he made it past the barrier and then did everybody, everybody remember got shit? There, everybody got all of the memories back. So it, it wasn't just because these people had been alive in these communities, so it wasn't their memories. It was the a historical memory. record. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So they all got to fucking happen. If you, I mean, that would be an interesting. I mean, some people would start killing some people. Some people would start doing some, having some fun. You know, some people. You know, it would probably proliferate into some pretty unique things. Everybody started crying and shit. Um, and then a few of them smiled and laughed. Uh, but it was. Yeah, I mean, sort of like the like walking out of the Garden of Eden or something like that. I just couldn't imagine like being hit with all of that shit in a fucking single setting. Like mm-hmm. I don't know the the farthest I knew of it going back. Like it showed something that looked like the Vietnam War, and a friend of the whoever it was the kid at the time because he was in the memory. Um, the friend of the kid got shot while he was next to him and what looked like the Vietnam War but it was some sort of jungle action so you did a lot of look at did you do more more looking at the science fiction kind of stuff in relation to this stuff uh dude generally speaking with the censorship and I I like the dystopian stuff have you Um, ever seen Equilibrium is that the one 
It's it's got it's Christian, an old movie, it's got right? Christian Bale. I think it's like ninety nine, two thousand. It came out right around two thousand two. I think it came out right after the Matrix because like a lot of people compared it to the oh, Matrix. Oh, that's the one where he does the fucking weird, like gun kung fu thing, right? Yeah, there's there's, yeah. there's some gun kung fu in there. Yeah, I've seen it. Was there some? I I I've never gone down that path, but that's something that I had been intending to watch for a while. There's there's got to be some because it's that's a super dystopian kind of like telling everybody what to do all the time kind of movie, isn't it? Yeah, that one reminds me of the new version of Fahrenheit 451. Huh. So they're not allowed to read or anything like that. Um, but it also reminds me of. Um, shit now he just went blank but yeah the reason he gets busted is because he's supposed to arrest this one lady emily watson the one that emily Watson. okay and he doesn't bust her i think if i remember correctly he ends up fucking her and helping her escape but i might be confusing two different movies but i i remember he's he's high up on the chain like he's some sort of world-renowned whatever they call him cop or officer agent mm-hmm. um and he trains them on the gun kung fu and all of that bullshit but then something again because they're drugging them they are also there's that seems to be a common theme in a lot of these ones it's not too much different than what they're doing right fucking now yeah. dude um i mean Fuck, maybe that's the reason that all of these places said, you know what, we're going to go ahead and we're not going to legalize it, but we'll just, we're not going to arrest you if you have it. (laughs) Um, I don't know for sure, but yeah, I mean, if, if you can drug them, another, if you can drug them, then they're not going to cause a lot of trouble, which I think that's probably why they like drugs in prison too. Um, another opiate for the masses is religion and that's what's weird about all of the the sci-fi type ones is that like in the giver they eliminated religion and as far as i'm concerned that's not not a horrible thing i'm not a god guy though uh-huh. um well in but, the book of eli they get rid of the bible so people aren't allowed to right uh-huh. so they they like to get rid of religion and I don't I don't know that I dig that or not forced abandonment of religion. Mm-hmm. I I think that a choice is important. Um I choose not to be a Christian, Muslim, Jew, pagan, well, the way the any Sol- of them. clearly Wiccan. the way the Soviets tried to approach it. I mean, that was clearly <laughs> a demonstration of how how that just doesn't work, you know. I mean, uh, Christianity still uh, maintained strong uh, underground positions there. Uh, so obviously, uh, Judaism did for sure. I don't think there were a lot of. Well, I mean, I'm sure like Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan. I'm sure you had strong Muslim populations in those areas. Chechnya, uh, Chechnya for sure. Dagestan in uh, Russia. So, well, those. I mean, but see, that's. Again, if you try to eliminate religion, I think most of these, unless you eliminate all of the people that were 
ever religious to begin with. Which you're kind of starting to see with the Uyghurs in China a little bit right now. So, <clears throat> Well, and maybe that, because my argument against religion is stupidity. Somebody that's so fucking stupid that they believe this fucking grandiose story. But that's an argument that you choose and you make it to people, but you don't tell them that they, you just laugh in their face when they try to tell you that. What, who are the, the Jehovah's Witnesses when they try to tell you, well, there are 13 million Jehovah's Witnesses on the planet, but only 300,000 are going to be able to go into heaven because that's how many eggs a woman holds, just 300,000 eggs. So like, once you get down that space, it's kind of hard not to just be like, are you fucking kidding me, dudes? Dude, but most of them don't even Eddie's. fucking understand that math. Like, they, they don't. And that's another example of the stupidity thing, mm. that these people are out rubbing the fucking soles off their shoes, walking from house to house. And when I ask them that question, they're like, what are you talking about? Can I, can I tell you a funny story? Yeah. So, uh, when, so my dad and I, after we'd been kind of estranged, we went and did that trip in 95 up to, see, uh, up to Seattle, right? And... Uh, I, I brought a fair amount of weed with me and uh, a good sturdy glass pipe and I would go and uh, in the middle of the night I'd go and smoke uh, I kept it hidden outside because I didn't want to bring a bunch of stinky weed into my brother's house right because my brother is Mormon I think that's important for people to know he's at that point in time he and his wife had three children one of them was about 10 one of them was about no one of them was probably eight one of them was about six and one of them was uh, four the four-year-old got diagnosed with leukemia while I was out there. It was kind of a fucked up trip. Uh, he's alive, married, has kids many, many years. Obviously, it was 95. So, But on that fucking trip, when I was outside hanging out sometimes, and I had devil sticks. I don't know if you know what devil sticks are. It's a total fucking hippie thing. Yeah, and I'd be playing with them out front and shit. And uh, one day, um, some, like you said, wearing their souls out, uh, what kinds were I just talking about? The 300,000 ones? Jehovah's yeah, Witnesses. the Jehovah's Witnesses. They come up and they're like, uh, you know, hi, how are you doing? You know, and there's this this guy and this this lady. And, uh, you know, we're going around talking to people about Jehovah's Witnesses. Would you mind us coming inside? And I said, I said well, you know, with all due respect, I said, my, my brother is a, is a Mormon bishop, you know. Uh, his family, they're pretty heavy stuck in their, their Mormon stuff. But I said, but I'll, I'll play, I'll play cock blocker and listen to what y'all have to say, you know, so that you just do me the favor of not going up and bothering them because they know who they are. They know what their relationship with religion is. Right. So, uh, they start talking to me about this and that, and this is a very inclusive religion and brothers and sisters, and we all want to be part of it. And this guy's getting really excited and he's just talking at me and talking at me and talking at me and i so i turned him at, I, I turned at one point in time and i said so what do you think about it ma'am you know because he's clearly not including her and in whatever it was that he was having you know and uh they left they they you know after i kind of talked to him and needled them for a little while they 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 left a couple of things for and it's just like a fucking little christian uh comic book thing you know so I go and I read it, and they're talking about the 300,000 thing and blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. So I go and I look uh, at some numbers, you know, and they talk about, like, whatever. It was like 19 million Jehovah's Witnesses worldwide. So they came back, you know, a little while later, and uh, I, I, I popped the 300,000 question on them, you know. And they're like, well, 
that's really for God to worry about. You don't have to worry about that. And I was like, but that seems kind of shitty, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're, what you're telling me is that we could all live perfectly according to your doctrine, and we're we're still rolling the mathematical dice base. So that, that you know, of course they because everything's based on faith. You know, they just recycle it back into that. And I I, I said with all due respect, I said I said God's going to have to do a lot better math. Yeah, than, those than numbers that. those numbers don't work for me. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'll take care of yourselves. Uh, incidentally, I accidentally left the stupid comic books in the bathroom because I was going to try to throw them away because I and they. Uh, Somehow or another, they, I, I left them sitting on the back of the toilet. So my brother and sister mailed them to me in the fucking mail. My <laughs> brother and my sister-in-law. And I was like, what the fuck? I love you guys. I wasn't really trying to be a Jehovah's Witness. I was Like I said, I was trying to stop them from coming and bothering you all. So, so just real quick, I finally found the link. I had to go back and forth through my thread like four fucking times till i found it but the company is called gibson research corporation uh-huh. and they do cybersecurity stuff um but the title of the page is how big is your haystack and how well hidden is your <laughs> needle which kind of sounds like some weird sex shit to me but um <laughs> if you somehow that doesn't surprise me Again, if, if but if you're really if it's a needle, maybe that's a personal problem, you know. <laughs> I didn't say it sounded like weird sex shit I'd be in. Um, if you do this again, it, it just talking about a brute force password. Yeah, I, I remember it. what you so said. So okay. it's just basically throwing a lot of fucking memory at something and trying mm-hmm. to crack it. It isn't any of the really cool shit mm-hmm. that like they have at our different intelligence institutions. Mm-hmm. So it could still be cracked, but it'll show you fucking, you know, how long they'd have to work at it if they were just doing that. So, so what did they say? How long for, did they give you examples or? No, you get to type whatever pass, like, okay, give me an example of a password, not one of yours. Just give me some words or some numbers or whatever. Uh, Robert 1969. Okay. Capital R? Yeah, yeah, we gotta at least do something like that. But we'll make it easy enough to where it's not totally out of bounds. Okay. So based on that number of characters, if they did a massive cracking array ser- uh scenario, which is assuming a hundred trillion guesses per second, they can crack it in two point three seven hours. Um if you lower that attack scenario to just fast then it's a hundred billion guesses per second and it takes 3.25 months and then if it's just like a thousand guesses per second it's going to take 2.71 thousand centuries so i mean that isn't a horrible fucking password but it's not good either so i'll like i said i'll post it on the um so they, the can, they can they can go in there and they can put one in to pretend and they that'll tell them how good or how bad their password is. Yeah. Not not probably not a bad uh, for both for both you to understand like sort of like the way that the exponential line curve moves based on the number of times that they can do it in a in a period of time you know and uh, to let you know that uh, you probably got to get your head out of your ass and not use the same thing over and over and over again and blah 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 blah. Quit blah. writing them down and. Telling them to people, putting it on a fucking post-it note, and 
putting it on your PC. <laughs> Little things like that. Um, the Equilibri- Equilibria one really, really sounded like... Uh, A lot of that stuff is like 1984 warmed over sometimes, you know? They they are. I mean, there are components of a lot of that in there. Like I said, I mean, The Giver reminded me a lot of, of Brave New World. Um, 1984. I don't know if any fucking person that does sci-fi movies doesn't think of 1984. And, and I could be wrong, and maybe it's just because it's my favorite book or one of them that I'm like... This reminds me of 1984. Or Brave New World or Fahrenheit 451 because those were the, like, it's odd. Like, in in that time period between, like, 1940, 1930, and 1950 or 55, all these motherfuckers were writing these really weird dystopian books, you know? I mean, was that, that wasn't, was that a thing before that? Well, so, and I guess I'm thinking of a bunch of different copyrights but another one that i was going to talk about as far as a book so you and i have talked about blade runner Uh i love that fucking movie up and down back and forth i'm i still haven't finished the book because it's in the jeep and i don't it's a very long very difficult book i don't (laughs) I, i don't read as much in the jeep as i used to but um that was sarcasm, do Android, just in case you guys didn't know that. Do Android's Dream, Dream of Electric, Electric Sheep, Sheep yeah, uh-huh. is the book that Blade Runner is based on. Uh-huh. So not in the movie, but in the book, they do a lot of the uh, false media shit. Uh-huh. They do a lot of the, we're feeding you this line of bullshit yeah. so that we can get you to believe this stuff. Um, so there's a lot of that. I don't even... I don't even know if you would call that censorship, but there's a lot of stuff that they don't want people to see, which obviously that's censorship, but the stuff that they're force feeding, you know, and basically even if you've got a choice of three or four channels, and I think he wrote that in what, 64, 65? I can't remember when the book was written. That sounds about right. Um, you know, you've got three or four channels and they're force feeding you the same shit on each channel with maybe just different people saying what it is. So that force feeding stuff isn't necessarily censorship unless you consider lack of choice to be censorship. Six, 68. So. Okay. Um, you know, but there was something kind of interesting and different about because like with the mercerism stuff and like the the animals that you know that you keep as pets and the fact that so many of them you know had gone extinct and then animals become very expensive so the animals that you would have would generally be like a sheep you know like an android sheep you know or an android owl or something like that um i got the sense with the way that like uh deckard um would talk about um the way that people were conscious of ideas like mercerism or some of the stuff that was being fed to them was that they knew that it was uh it's like you're aware that it's a religion but because we need to go through these certain rituals of mercerism was definitely a religion but still like again so there there was a something in the way that it was being presented where so like i relate it to the animals because people it's like the concept of empathy uh, 
became synthetic at some point in time. So like both figuratively and re- literally, right? So so nothing is living anymore. So you get the fake ones because you're supposed to go through the ritual of having an animal because the animal helps you to be aware of this concept of taking care of something else, you know, and loving something else and and having having an emotional connection to something that's living even though it's not living you know and when i would listen to mercerism that was kind of the same feeling that i got I, there was something about like where you you'd be walking through this like the the thing that they imagine where you're walking through this the you rock. know yeah uh-huh yeah but still like there was you know philip philip k dick was such a fucking weird writer that like sometimes you could kind of hear him when he was writing uh, fighting with himself or what, or what he was really thinking about it, you know, um, in the sense that like when you're going back and forth between having a concept of like synthetic, you know, emotions and synthetic things that you have uh, a, 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 an empathetic relationship. Well, dude, to. they had. I mean, and I agree with uh-huh. you on the animal. Thing. Uh-huh. I think that empathy had been gone for so long that. They didn't know what it was because all empathy... I mean, they had a fucking device called the empathy box. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the and empathy box. And you had to fucking... That's the one where you went into it. That's right. And you'd have the fantasy, right? Well, that was... Maybe I'm... You could... No, no, no. You could do the traveling with... Merce, or traveling on Mercer's path by using the empathy box. Oh. But you could also, like, his wife turned hers way down because she wanted to be like depressed yeah and it's all synthetic yeah so everything and one of the cyborgs i mean pris tells him that not pris well i mean and and, Um, and because of the way that life was so precious to them to the to the uh you know the the artificial you know yeah um and because of that when they they went into that other space and they would expire so so quick because they'd only live for like it was like four years or something like that or 12 years or something it was well, not those new gen sixes uh-huh. and the new gen sixes were the ones that could fake the box or beat the oh, box to beat the say. uh the test that's right yeah and what's the, so what's the test called uh, well there were two of them uh-huh. one of them i can't remember I one of them watched your fucking eye. eye yeah and then the other one was just some sort of weird emotion test. Mm-hmm. They both had to do with emotion, but uh-huh. one of them watched your eye, and I think the other one was like your pulse or mm-hmm. some shit. Um, and they they could beat them both. Uh-huh. And I think, and that is him talking about irony, mm-hmm. because at that point, with the fact that humans were now gunning these motherfuckers down just because they were living longer, mm-hmm. and now we're more human than, than they humans were, were yeah. that empathy became a real fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Well, again, in the movie, for sure. In yeah, the Rutger, book, Rutger Hauer's like, uh, thing that he says at the end before he, he dies is... It's beautiful. I mean, it's in in the movie for sure. In the book, I'm not sure because Pris is fucking around with that spider and she keeps pulling legs yeah. off of it uh-huh. and watching it like fucking shake and mm-hmm. hurt. Um, and finally, J.R. Isidore grabs it and fucking you know drowns it in the sink, putting it out of its misery. Uh-huh. But he was another weird one because he wasn't. He was one of the outcasts. He wasn't. 
truly considered human. But he had, and he literally had empathy for the things that he was creating. Like he had more of an emotional attachment to to them and Pris and, you know, than ever to any of the other humans that he would, you know, interact with, except for maybe what's his name before he's gone. Well, the humans thought he was a fucking retard. Weirdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, yeah. They did think he was a... I mean, they called him what less than standard. I think yeah, is what it I was. Mean, God, I gotta go back and reread that book. I, dude, I read it like a dozen times when I was working with Emily back in the day. But it is really a fucking good, a weird. I still need to get to the end, but I mean, again, since we're just talking about the censorship thing, and that's why I I thought that it was important because a lot of people think censorship is just like what the Bodlers did to Shakespeare Mm -hmm. or what network TV did Mm -hmm. to the breakfast club Uh or what the radio does to any number of musicians. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that it's truly that because if they're telling you this thing and they don't give you another choice, then you are being censored. I mean, it's it's definitely not by definition censorship, but you were structuring the limits of the possibilities. Like 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 in in that instance where you create this synthetic space where a person goes through like a like like the the uh, the ritual of having emotions because you think you're supposed to have those. That's yeah. You're you're like the concept of what can happen in a you know in a reality and like you said like deckard what what did they call those guys that went around and uh killed all the uh, he would retire them right i can't remember and he's a, he's a fucking blade runner yeah but he would retire them right and that's the way the, the way that, that, that he would call it um uh, but he nobody he's... nobody would ever question what he's doing for a living like because these things don't they don't have value you know right everything's structured but everything is Again, going back to the fake thing. I mean, his wife, if she got mad or thought she was going to be mad and wanted to start a fight with them, she'd turn her fucking empathy <laughs> box up. Um, which I I know some girls that would probably do that. Um, so, yeah, I I don't know. I mean... And they were the nexus. They were they were they were disposable labor. I mean, that was what they were being used for. You know, they'd be sent out to those remote planets and extract this and build that up. And yeah, fuck, they came back from Mars just because they wanted to have a decent life for themselves mm-hmm. because they had become. I don't know conscientious they were yeah they were aware i mean and, they had real they didn't want to just be on this fucking barren desert of a they planet had, they had i mean they developed something akin to a soul i mean that's at least what it looked like the more the, the deeper i look down the the rabbit hole i don't know what a soul is but i mean that's when when uh, rucker howard's making his comment at the end that's what he's i mean that's what he's alluding to that we have you know what is a soul you know what is a single drop of water you know i mean fucking really I, don't, I like the movie's fine. It's good, but I think like if you can get to that, anybody get to the point where you listen to Rutger Hauer's little fucking uh, soliloquy thing at the end, like it's all worth it for you that. You really don't like? I mean, Blade Runner's no, just good. fine. Yeah, I don't think, it, but it's fine. But dude, well, I mean, some of that psychopunk fucking dystopian stuff, like I just 
some things take me somewhere and then at some point in time they don't they don't take me any like i like 2046 a ton too though like that was fucking really weird well so but just mm -hmm. real quick i mm -hmm. want to ask you a question uh -huh. and then we can talk about 2046 because uh -huh. they were doing some weird fucking censorship shit really there fucking too weird shit dude um so and they were doing weird memory shit that was the memory stuff was more like uh his sister like i mean allegedly his sister what if you can call it a sister mother but well but that's his his sister's the one that's creating the that's his sister right i thought it was so okay they're both offsprings from well yeah just but let me okay. ask you okay, real okay. quick the, about is the Runner. reason that you don't like the original Blade Runner is it because you had seen it too many times and that fucking what you called cyberpunk is that I just get bored with it a little bit okay. I like so, James Edward almost like sitting there doing his origami thing so it's kind of fun you know? he's only in like three scenes in but, the whole fucking movie dude but he's you know making little fake animals you know right. I mean um I like it. Well, and that's really, aside from the fucking snake scales, almost and his origami are the only other referenced animals in the fucking thing. Yeah, really. because they don't they don't talk about all that. Yeah, right. That's why it's loosely based on the book. Um, very, very loosely. Okay, so twenty. I don't really not like it. I just got bored of it after a while. So I mean, I dude, I don't even that that movie. I've watched like three times, but I have a hard time like sussing it out and i really like that director he's the dude that directed uh the new dune he directed uh the new dune is fucking badass i, I want to see the i want to see where it goes i want to see how you know because like i'm i'm again like they just barely get me moving in a certain direction you know i mean i want to know are they gonna it's gonna go through three three Only iterations like right six months is that when it's, it's coming october out october this year is that six did I God, count that right? They kept, dude, it took so long. They kept saying it's going to come out this month, and they kept pushing it back and pushing it back. And I thought that uh, uh, Chalamet was just a perfect Paul. I mean, he's the perfect size. The, the, you know, I mean, and uh, what's her name? Uh, Zendaya is a good uh, Chani. Like, uh, they, they cast it really well. The guy that was uh, Fade, the big old fat guy that was uh, the, the dude from uh, Hitchhikers, you know, or whatever, the one that's his... I'm so I can so still that you can't see me moving. <laughs> Dave, something or another. Dave. Uh, Batista. Yeah, Batista. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's su he's such an idiot in those movies, but he's fucking kind of funny. But he was he was a good he's a good fade. Um, uh, the Baron Harkoller, I, I, I the Skylar, whatever his name is, I can't how to say well, his name. Dude, he's fine. Jason but. Momoa was in it. Yeah, and he's and he uh, was a fucking Gurney, badass. Was he Gurney Halleck or which one was he? He's the other one. Uh, not Gurney. He's the other no, one. No, because uh, what's his uh, name? Son was D Duncan Gurney. Idaho. He's Duncan Idaho. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, dude, I fucking love Dune. Like I, but he's a really good director. The guy that directed that. He directed 2046. He directed Dune. He directed The Arrival. Like, he does some really weird things with film. Like, in 2046, is so fucking weird that it's kind of like 2001, like the first time I watched it, and I was really too young anyway. I, I had to keep coming back to it, and 2046 is one of those films that I have to kind of keep coming back to. I probably should watch it again. I think I've only seen it twice. 
But the reason that I said that, and it is 2049. Oh, you keep saying 46. 20. You kept fucking me up, and I thought, God damn it, I'm I got that wrong. You know again? why? Because there's a Taiwanese movie called 2046. It's another fucking brilliant movie, but I just keep forgetting. Um, so the reason I was saying that they censored him, or or they did something similar to what they had done in in like The Giver, mm-hmm. is because. And I don't know if it's because of how he was born and he's getting these like almost like DNA memory Mm -hmm. or if he had actually experienced those things and they wiped his memory. And then as soon as he found the shit under the tree, it started coming back to him. I don't know which is which. But which one, are you talking about the fucking hot Spanish girl that's supposed to be his sister or the one At the that's end, more... The one that's... I, she, 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 she lives in that thing all by herself. She creates, the, she creates the memories. She's the one that creates all that stuff. I thought that was Jared Leto that did that. No, it's not Jared Leto. It's at the, at the end of the... You know what I'm talking about, where he, he fucking... Uh, like he 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 sacrifices himself to 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 protect her because they let that he let them think that k um that he was the the ryan uh uh gosling was the one and and hid the fact that his sister was that other one i need to watch it again because i have no fucking idea what, what you're i'm talking, talking about. about at the at the end you don't you don't remember that weird fucking moment at the end where she's like in there by herself and she's in an isolated place nobody has physical contact with her because there's this suggestion that she's got like a like super fucking immune deficiency issues like or she's like Juliet Lewis from fucking Pulp Fiction well, she's gonna run smack into the door with her head no I know it's not like that I was just fucking around in Pulp Fiction where oh natural born killers yeah, i was Sorry. gonna say that, that i don't remember juliette lewis no and pulp natural fiction. born killers is what i meant uh-huh. i don't know why pulp fiction popped into my head um early you're main oh that's california actually yeah <laughs> i guess those are the big three she was in or two oh because she that was her in california too that's right <laughs> she's a fucking weirdo dude um skinny ass fucking weirdo so I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but I know you mentioned it several times in our first go-round when we were just talking about censorship, and that's The People versus Larry Flint. And and that is a fucking important movie from both a legal perspective, I mean, because of all of the people that fucking arrested him and sued him and everything else when they they they, they 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 identify the distinction between state law and federal law in relation to it how complicated shit was because he starts in ohio at the beginning yeah. which is where uh charles keating comes after him who ends up turning into being the fucking snl fucking bank ripoff motherfucker of the world but carry on my good man well no no I, so i was just giving you an intro so that you could do your your I don't, thing, I, I, I don't know that I that I have my thing. But the one thing that I really, 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 really liked about um, uh, The People versus Larry Flynn uh, is sometimes, and we really do have way too much of an emotional 
attachment to the Constitution and to, I know, you, you, you'll all fucking hang me for saying this, but uh, uh, because I think that uh, when we look at civil liberties and stuff, we get a little bit, uh, the whole, you know, jingoistic, patriotic, uh, hey, what, who was who, who was he going against in the uh, um, the last one? Who the the uh, Supreme Court case? That was the whole Falwell thing. Falwell, right? that's right. I was just trying to remember his name real quick. But the when so like the the important thing about that one is you you start with dealing with these questions with regards to censorship. Um, one of the things that they point out is j- one of the big deals that they made at the beginning is you're not allowed to just put a bunch of uh, dirty dirty pictures. You have to have the uh, the articles in there with them, which is fucking uh, hilarious. Um, right. But, uh, and then the fact that when he went from one place to another, there were all these fucking funny things that were, uh, that, that were, uh, hang on, I'm just going to get to the opinion of the court. Um, there were all these funny things that, uh, you know, the iterations, depending on where it was, they're going, going, going through with He gets out to California and it's the 4th of July and everybody's, you know, wearing stupid shit. And then they're all fucking in the fucking hot tub and stuff. You know, it, it, it there's like this freedom aspect, but, uh, where it resolves to the point where like what I was talking about at the end where, um, uh, Ed Norton is, is making the argument. And one of the things that I think that they, uh, Ed Norton uses a tactic every time he had him in court. And, of course, Larry, every time Larry opened his mouth, he just made things harder for Ed Norton until Ed Norton finally told him, Motherfucker, I'm never going back in a courtroom for you ever again. And Larry Flint says, Dude, you got to do this. Is This This is my legacy. This is, And this is really our legacy at this point in time. Uh, Ed Norton says over and over and over again, and he does it in the first one in, in, in Cincinnati. Um, he says, I don't agree with the way that with what Larry does, but I live in this is a this is this is what your whole rhetorical disposition always hinges on. You don't have to like what I say, but you have you have to provide the space for me to say it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying go kill this motherfucker. I'm not shouting fire in a movie theater. You know, I'm which of course is I know that's not really what that's a much more complicated court case. I don't want to get involved in that though. Um, but uh, in the first uh, paragraph of the of the court's opinion, um, and it, it it fell down in favor, uh, six to three. You know, and this is this is the concept that if if this ever disappears, then all the people that maintain such an emotional connection to uh, to things like free speech, they're gonna it's gonna disappear, and they're gonna start picking up guns and doing more more and more stupid shit. But they say in this little spot. The heart of the First Amendment is the recognition of the fundamental importance of free flow of ideas and opinions on matters of public interest and concern. The freedom to speak one's mind is not only an aspect of individual liberty and thus a good unto itself, but also is essential to the common quest for truth and the vitality of society as a whole. We have therefore been particularly vigilant to ensure that the individual expression of ideas remain free from governmentally imposed sanctions. So when when Norton continues to make the argument, and they, they like Scalia, you know, they keep pressing him on this, you know? They're, they're like, what is the public good, you know? And one thing that we have to, like when Brian and I argue about um, what is the constitutes comedy, right? Uh, we have to understand that 
you know, hyperbole and absurdity serve a very important function when we tend in a very specific direction and that direction is kind of cuckoo, sometimes you have to go to an obnoxious respond to that that doesn't really fit the reality that you're involved in which really shouldn't matter even still because you're not really hurting anybody right but when you go to that absurd other side you demonstrate how cuckoo that other position was and uh, you know you can be you can be christian all you fucking want you know but the way that Falwell, the way that reagan the way that all those dumb motherfuckers that were on on the tv asking for fucking money in the 1980s when the christian uh, conservative movement really started to gain steam again in the United States. When that happened, you needed to have somebody like Larry Flint say, Jerry Falwell fucked his fucking mother in an outhouse. It needed to be not just said, it needed to be put in print. So I, I think that I appreciated a lot of the stuff that he was printing. Mm-hmm. But more than that, I appreciated his... And granted, if you have money, you have more of this ability. But I mean, you know, in Georgia, they were saying that anybody that sells Hustler was going to get arrested. Mm-hmm. So he fucking immediately flew to Georgia. He rented dude's newsstand for a fucking day and sold Hustler. And of course, he got arrested. And that's where he ended who, up getting who did shot. He, what, what's that guy's name that he sold it to? The guy that was, uh, what's his name's dad in Back to the Future? Crispin Glover. That's yeah. right. With his fucking eye all funny in the movie. Um, yeah. So, I thought you meant the newsstand. I was like, he no, sold it remember. to Larry Flynn. I don't, yeah. Um, I just remember Crispin Glover went up and bought the... Whatever. Yeah, can I can I get one of those magazines? Mm-hmm. I think that that's the part... And, and maybe that's the part that, in any movie, gets me... I don't know, charged, emotionally attached, whatever you want to call it, is that, and I don't give a fuck what the cause is, but somebody that believes in what they're doing enough to say, fuck this and fuck you, I'm going to continue doing what it is I'm doing. I guess you could say on the other side, you know, Keating believed what he was doing and you know, he went after Larry Flint, so I should feel the same way about him. Obviously, I don't. Well, but there's a difference. Keating is trying to... It's one thing to... You, you don't just do it when a person's committed to a, a cause. You do it when they're committed to a cause that has a certain ideal that reflects concepts of freedom that you're interested in. Concepts of... It's, it's a specific social and moral disposition. Not, not telling people that they gotta not look at fucking naked pictures because right. you're gonna go to hell. Well, and... That was a funny part, too, and and maybe, you know, and I don't mean a funny part of the movie, but a funny part of history, is that nobody ever fucked with Hef, ever. And, you know, part of it may have been because he wasn't truly showing gash. I mean, he wasn't showing clitoris and the pink and asshole and whatever else. He was just showing pubic hairs and tit. That's it. Um, So maybe that's why they didn't go after him. But based on, and this is, I mean, you and I talked about this in the pornography episode. I mean, they they can't really decide what porn is and and still haven't to this day. Mm -hmm. I think the only reason that they haven't shut down porn to more of a degree is because, you know, in the late 90s, 
all sorts of big corporations started investing in porn, and now they're making a fucking ton of money on it. Um, Porn's turned into a totally different thing now than it did back then. Dude, it's fucking crazy. I mean, most of the money that they're making probably is off of advertising, mm-hmm. but whatever. I mean, it's... The advertising is fucking dirty. It's everywhere, and it's whatever you fucking want, whatever you fucking want, you know? I mean, on some level, like, we're... Uh, there was uh, on the same episode that I had you listen on Breaking Points. There was an incident where uh, this guy um, he had a relationship with the editor of Rolling Stone, and uh, the the State Department came in and raided his fucking house. And uh, Rolling Stone came out and condemned the State Department for doing said it was a, a violation of First Amendment stuff and all that. And it turned out, and they, I mean, they proved it. I mean, they got the guy's under indictment. He's still being held right now. I mean, of course, he'll, he'll have his day in law. So I can't really say that it's been fully prove, proven yet. But the reason why they, they, uh, um, was they, child porn yeah, and, and there was, there was stuff that was being bought and sold and, you know, like, uh, all the weird shit, you know, where like they, uh, um, you, they have, I mean, I, this, they were, ta- I, they have headhunters, I guess, you know, where you, you, you find people that can set you up with, certain things like i'd never heard anything like this but they were talking about on breaking points where he's going to go to he's going to go to jail for a long time and like even like in eastern europe where they literally uh, it's not just pictures that you're being set up with i mean you can uh have uh, excursions set up which is just i mean god damn it like the the things that like i tell you if i ever hit powerball i i'd I'd, I'd have some fun. I'd kill some motherfuckers. See, but that's like some money on power type shit again, you know? Well, that's, like, with Flynn, that's the tough thing. You know, like, I want to be able to say, but I don't got enough money to pay a fucking lawyer for anything, you right. know? I mean, how do you fucking... And, and now, to fight the fucking beast that you're going to have to go up against? No, because, I mean, even if the ACLU took up your cause, which they're not necessarily going to, depending on how many headlines they can get from it. Yeah, and now you got to be PC to be with the ACLU, too. It's not like what they used to do for the Nazis and stuff. But they're so worried about, you know, a lot of them are working on the fucking DNA evidence trying to get the wrongfully accused out of prison. Mm-hmm. And... You know, so the ACLU, because they're a nonprofit, has limited space in the cabinet. Um, yeah, they don't have infinite resources. Right. They don't have infinite number of lawyers. They don't have. They've got to pick and choose. They got to discriminate with regards to what it is that they want to take up. I mean, which, which is what you're saying. I mean, for sure. So I guess if we really wanted to, you know, go up against the man, we can go out with our fucking cup on the corner and say, "We're we're fighting, fighting the good fight." We need a couple more dollars. <laughs> you got any change so that we can be on the phone with somebody for sixty seconds? Um, okay, so we talked so much about like three fucking things that we're at a minute 15 right now an hour and 15 or that's what i mean really? i always say a minute an hour and 15 minutes already yeah okay Let's so um should we end it here and just tell them what we're going to talk about in the next yeah segment so i mean some obviously the stuff that i want to hit up on personally is is the history stuff the stuff that that that, that talks about uh you know daniel ellsberg and the um, the Pentagon Papers, you know, and how that graduated to Citizen Four and the Fifth Estate, and then also um, 
you know, throw in a couple things like the newsroom. I, got, I do want to talk about the Cradle of Rock um, only because uh, I think that you have to spend some time thinking about, again, like political economy stuff, what it was that was happening post-Russian uh, Revolution, uh, how that proliferated into a space where you were dealing with House of, House of Un-American Activities Committee. Uh, people want to look at uh, um, FDR and think he was a socialist. FDR came out and said himself, I'm not a socialist. I'm just the guy that's going to save capitalism. So to look at what was going on in a movie like The Cradle of Rock and make sure that you put it in its proper uh, space to understand how there was this very brief moment in time where a lot of things were being allowed to be said, and then that was foreclosed on uh, leading into World War II in a way that was... Uh, maybe something like what it is that we're sort of experiencing right now. Like there was a renaissance of closing in on people's ability to talk about things then, and now we have another moment where uh, you're allowed to talk about it a little bit so long as uh, you're not talking about uh, lab leak theories or, you know, during certain times or... Ups and downs. Yeah, strikes, strikes and gutters. gutters. Yeah, that's the way it works. The dude abides. So anything else that you want to talk about in the second half, bitch? Fuck, I have no idea. I mean, dude... You know, I mean, there are other books that I I probably will mention, um, but I'll I'll talk about whatever. I think that this is, I mean, there's if you haven't seen a movie, there's a good chance I have, and if both of us haven't seen it, then I don't quite understand why, considering as many movies as we watch. <laughs> um, but we are pretty good about rattling on like the clatterbone of a goose's ass. So yeah, um, but I don't know. I will just talk. I I would. Uh, fuck. Is I there anything know. specifically? No, I have no fucking idea. Cheetos are a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> they did turn my fucking thumb and forefinger orange, and it reminded me of this joke. Guy goes into a doctor and he's like, "Doc, I don't know what the fuck is going on. My dick is orange." The doctor goes, well, what have you been doing? And he goes, not much. I've been really depressed. My girlfriend broke up with me. And he goes, well, what have you been doing? And he's like, I don't know. I watch a lot of porn. He goes, well, what have you been doing? And he goes, well, I watch a lot of porn, and I've been jerking off a bunch. My girlfriend broke up with me. And he goes, that doesn't explain why your dick is orange. What have you been doing? He goes, well, I eat a lot of porn. Or watch a lot of porn, and I eat a lot of Cheetos. That's why your dick is orange. Seven two zero three three four. Roll, bitches. <laughs> Short bus debate club at yahoo.com. That puts Cheetos as a hell of a drug in a totally different space.